1: Well, welcome to Best of Both Worlds. This is Laura. This is episode 70. We're mostly going to be talking about work hacks, how we try to be more productive in our working lives. This is airing first in um, early December, December 4, which we're calling this my unofficial birthday episode.
2: <laughs> it's not Why a, don't we just call it your official birthday my episode? First,
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess it could be my official. I mean, not that work hacks are, I guess, all I want to talk about for my birthday, but uh, it is a milestone
2: one. Are you going to let everyone know what the milestone well, is? I, I, maybe
1: we figured out what it is. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> it's probably not thirty. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm turning forty this week. Um, Yay! Which is exciting, I guess, in its own special way.
2: Um, it is exciting. Yes. I mean, I, I I'm not quite forty, but I'm almost forty, and I'm sort of excited about it in yeah. a way. Um, But Laura, you're on the tail end of Generation X, so I was just thinking you have lived in multiple decades, briefly (laughs) in the 70s, (laughs) then the 80s, the 90s, the aughts, and now the 10s, and um, it's very exciting. So what are you going to do to celebrate?
1: Yeah. I don't know that I'm in the Gen X. I, you know, we've, I think we've had this discussion before. Are we actually Gen X or you're, you're less so than I would be, but I don't really. We're both
2: like on the cusp. Um, Some people call us the Oregon Trail generation. The Oregon Trail generation. I think that's the best
1: because it's like the small cusp between like 1977 and 1982. Exactly. Um, Because you played Oregon
2: Trail in in elementary school, that was you. (laughs) That
1: was, that was me. I did in fact play Oregon Trail, except when I You know, the so and so has died of dysentery. I guess that was the dysentery. dysentery. You don't hear about dysentery so much anymore, which is a good thing. But uh, yeah, no, I'm. I don't have any huge celebrations planned. Unfortunately, probably because the planning fatigue is setting in right before you know my birthday. Uh, Planned two children's birthday parties, a couple trips this fall. I've had a lot of other things going on, so I just. I don't know. Not not been top priority. Um, maybe I could sort of randomly hope that my husband will plan something, but I'm not sure that will happen.
2: <laughs> so I am really hoping that he is planning something. He's planning
1: something. <laughs> well, we'll see. Um, I
2: suspect that he will. And probably something like really amazing, like going to Paris for the weekend or something. <laughs> yeah, we, you already did that. So did I, mean, that. Sorry, I
1: guess maybe he'll tell me that that was it. <laughs> we gonna,
2: oh, we, oh ooh, retrospective. Retrospective gifting. Gift? Mm, no, mm, I don't know.
1: Um,
2: do, you yeah, think, so do you feel that any, you are where you thought you'd be at 40? Uh,
1: I mean, yeah. And no, I mean, I, I guess on the plus side, I am a Professional writer, uh, which is definitely what I wanted to be growing up in. In the time when I wasn't thinking I wanted to be on stage somewhere, but now I am on stage, just not in, you know performing on Broadway per se. But I'm I'm on stage every week uh, talking to people, so that's kind of fun. I publish books, so that's what I wanted to do. And I'm married and have four kids. I guess you know you always sort of wonder if it would be like. I feel like I've had a bit of a slow, slow build career, uh, is how I would describe it. Uh, there's no, you know, one book or thing that has kind of made everything. Um, and and so maybe that will happen in my my forties, uh, or or maybe not. We'll we'll see. But, you know, hey, if any of our listeners are like, hey, I would like to do something fun for Laura for her 40th birthday, (laughs) um, you could uh, go buy one of my books. That's always a a great way to do it. Or ask your library to order a copy. if They don't have one. Yes. (laughs) Or or very quickly, you could just leave a two-sentence review on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or Goodreads. five-star review, please. If it's going to be a birthday present. <laughs> so,
2: yes. I mean, a birthday present would have to be a five-star. Review. It would have to be a five-star review, but that would be great. Or you can also,
1: uh, leave a review, reviewer rating for this podcast or tell a friend about it. So yeah, that would be, that would be a great way to celebrate turning 40. Have you been thinking about how you're turning 40? I, I heard you were I thinking not, about a marathon.
2: Yeah. Yeah. i w I'm thinking about a marathon. I think, I don't think I would do that before 40. I think maybe I'll do that like when I'm 40 during because that Because then year. you get to be in a different
1: age group. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Um, well, no, I just, when I think of the decades, I, it, it starts to like think back a decade and forward because when I thought about your 40th, I was like, well, what am I going to do? And then I was like, well, what was life like at 30? And I'm like, oh my God, I was a total baby. I mean, not really, but kind of. I actually went back and looked at some blog posts and was like, yes, there has been a lot of growth in this decade. And then I started thinking about 50 And how old my kids will be and that was kind of like shocking
0: yeah
1: they'll be kind of grown up at that point uh
2: yeah you'll have children in college i I
1: presumably will (laughs) so that's uh, (laughs) or whatever their post whatever their their post school plans are (laughs) i likely college but we'll we'll see Uh, who knows who even knows I'm, i'm trying to think of at 30 if i could picture myself at 40 you know i i At at 30, I didn't even have a contract for 168 hours, which was my first time management book. So that was had not happened yet. I had one. You probably didn't
2: picture that you would have done a TED talk prior to 40. Well,
1: partly because TED wasn't around then, was it? I'm trying to think. Uh, It may have been around. It may have been around. I think it started right around then. Um, But uh, no, I mean, the idea that I would have given a talk that like 7 million people would have watched. Yes. No, that would have been an exciting thing for me. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, a lot of things I'm happy about, uh, things changes. I didn't know we'd be out in Pennsylvania, I guess. I'm not sure that I would have, Said we'd have four children, but that is a good development as well. And I'm happy to have written lots of books too. So given that I didn't have even one of them on time management. then so, yeah, you know, it's been a good decade. It's, it's been a good decade. Yeah.
2: And here's to the next decade. And if we did, you know, I've, I, I subscribed to several podcasts where they like seem to have beverages. So we'll just have <laughs> to put our virtual glasses. Our of virtual champagne. Glass, yes. I do have like a half drunk LaCroix can. Next to yeah, me. Yeah. Well, so that, that that that's celebratory. That's
1: yeah, that's how we that's how we roll <laughs> around here, people. Uh, so yeah, our our this episode is going to be our our work hacks, which uh, Sarah and I have actually spent this whole morning recording with various guests, um, with all the back and forth involved in that and troubleshooting, and and so we never actually talked through how we plan to approach this. Um, if are we going to trade up back and forth? Do you want one of us to go and then the other? How? Uh, what do you What
2: do you think? Uh. Why don't we do like a few and then go back okay, and forth right, be right. a hybrid? Cause mine are kind of in groups. Oh, that's true. You're yeah. True. Okay. You give us a few. All right. I'll give you a few.
1: Um, my, my first work hack, um, which is honestly what, what I feel like makes my life work is that I plan my upcoming weeks on Friday. Um, and I make short priority lists for the next week, the career relationships and self category, you know, just figure out what are my top goals in each of those and, and what, the point of this is not so much like, oh, what do I have coming up in the next week? It's that it forces me to identify what I really truly want to get done in the next week. Because if everything else goes to hell, like I'm still going to do these things, and so that's actually really helpful. Like when I do have a week where everything falls apart, and you know, you wind up with various plumber visits and emergency room fun and all that, you know, you're still making progress on your goals. So I, I would say that that is is my biggest productivity tip um, ever is to take some time on friday afternoon plan the week ahead the second one is leave email to later (laughs) whenever you're thinking about doing it leave it till later in general no but just check you know check email less frequently i like to leave my um answering of a lot of it that's not urgent to the end of the day. I will glance at what's there, but I wanna wait until later in the day to just take, you know, twenty minutes and go through what's come in um, and answer it rather than trying to, you know, go back and forth to it every five minutes like when stuff comes in uh, and I know a lot of people can't do that but you know even if you just say okay every two hours I'm going to see what's coming in and get to you know current and then another two hours when I'm off it and then get back on it like rather than trying to go in and out every few minutes through the whole
2: course of the day like, like that is just I the way of doing I totally agree and I will say like that was one of my big things too and I'm not always good about doing it but particularly actually it doesn't even matter whether I'm doing more structured work or unstructured if I leave the window open on my browser. It's as simple as that. I'm going to get distracted. And not even once, but like a million different times by things that, yes, they're like to-do items or whatever, but they absolutely can be batched. And they should not be intruding upon either my deeper work or my even just documentation, like shallower kinds of work. So I am totally with you. It has to be batched in whatever way works for you. I actually even will go so far as to say I'm annoyed at what they've done with our medical record system, because I feel like they're starting to enable more kind of interruption type pop-ups. And if that continues to escalate, it's going to get to the point where my own work is interfering with my work. And that's not good <laughs> for anyone. <laughs> um, no. So I ju- I guess I would just say controlling the inputs is huge. And um, sorry. sorry. Uh, but, and, and um, but that, if I could do one thing to, and when I have a good day, it's because of that. So yes, Laura is yeah. right. And we actually practice it with each other because we'll often like... I'll send Laura like five emails in a row and then like ignore email for a while. <laughs> and then she'll write back five things and I'll write her five, five things and it room. works. Yeah.
1: Well, I even, um, you know, I do like at the end of the day or sometimes every like three or four days I'll sit down and i have like an hour that I'm trying to get to current over the past couple of days that I haven't gotten this stuff. And, and so then you just, but it's amazing how efficient you can be when you're just going through with your, your planner and your calendar and going through the email and either address it or don't, or put it on the to do list for, you know, a certain day in the, in the future. But, uh, yeah, I think staying on top of it is, is somewhat overrated, although we have different thoughts on inbox zero, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh. Well, that's right. You, you, z-
2: you just said you got to zero. So that's so in my, my well, first I mind. I mean, not in the sense that <laughs> I don't delete
1: everything, but I've, I've dealt with anything yeah. I'm going to deal with. I
2: it. think we have a similar mindset. Yeah. It's just whether we hide them whether in archives them. or yes. have them visible. That's I think true. we're more similar than we think. Yes, exactly. <laughs>
1: um, so something related to that in terms of limiting the inputs is try to structure your life. Um, and, and so you can allow yourself that when you are in the flow to run with it. So while I do like to plan my days to a degree, I really love to stay with a project that I'm getting into. And so one of the things I will do is try to structure big blocks of open time in my schedule to allow for this. Um, This is particularly important with things like writing drafts or editing things, uh, that it feels so good to just. Really get into it, and not have to be watching the clock, not being like, okay, this is going to get chopped up, you know, for a phone call now, and then I've got half hour off, and then another call, and then I have to do something else. You know, I I like to have three or four hours open to just do that, and that's not easy to pull off. Like it's it's not. I have to be very strategic about telling people, you know, I can't meet at that time. I have to meet at a different time, or you know, people are throwing out times for a call. Like let's do it at this different time, so I can create these open blocks. But then, that is what makes work feel good i guess is how i'd say it like that i'm you know I've got this time that i'm getting into writing a scene in a novel i can stick with it or if i'm editing something i can tell i'm really making it better then i don't have to stop so so that's a key
2: thing for me I love that. And I mean, my, my work is not as conducive to that, but
1: (laughs) you're like, I'm really into the flow of examining this patient. Let's just keep her here for three hours. No, it's more in the,
2: it's more in two realms. Number one, the unstructured time. So if I have like a big project, like I had to prep this, um, it's called the clinical competency committee. And it's like a meeting where we review all the residents. And I had to like structure the meeting and prep a PowerPoint and like put it together. Like if I have a big project like that, like I need to delineate a block of time when like no one can bother me. And that's kind of similar. Like I can't really realistically ever block off even half the day is tough because I really only have only two half days for my unstructured stuff and that some of that gets filled by meetings. But if I can even block off two, three hours where I'm like, everyone's going to leave me alone, then it's much more pleasant and much more productive. And same thing if I'm like catching up on a bunch of notes in a row. Like sometimes I just have to resign myself on a call weekend to like I'm sitting in this hour. Like no one's going to bother me. I'm just going to get through all of these. Yeah. Um,
1: Although you do try to do documentation right afterwards, right? So maybe you should type because you've got two types of days. You got the inflexible one and and the flexible
2: ones. So Yeah, so I like divided things up a little bit. So, what, I mean, yeah. this is, for our physicians, as you all know, we have become, actually, my husband literally just forwarded me an interesting article written by the great Datul Gawande, um, writer and surgeon in The New Yorker, talking about how basically EPIC, which is the documentation system that many physicians use, one of the big electronic med- medical record companies, is like killing us all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not really, but really hurting the profession, hurting our quality of lives. Um, And that's, you know, the one that most health systems use. And I think there are some wonderful things about it, but it's tough and it gets seems to get tougher. Like there are more clicks even now than when I started, for example, that said to the extent possible, and this is every doctor, I try to do as much documentation either in the room with the patient or immediately after seeing the patient, because when I procrastinate and have to do it at a later time, it. Always takes a million times longer, feels a million times less present. I'm sure I lose actual clinical details. So, this is something that's big. And my husband, I know, works on this um, as well for himself, Um, really trying to not let charts sit there because um, I know that also very much stresses him out. And nobody can really relax when they know they have like, you know, 47 open charts that, that they know they have to deal with.
1: Yeah. And you, you spend some time prepping for like the, the patients coming in. And then, um, I, I loved your, you wrote a tip here about looking for ways to automate like what let's, cause that sounds like a yes, work hack right there.
2: Absolutely. So there are so many things that I'm sure many of us do definitely many physicians. I'm sure many lawyers that are like templates. Like, I mean, there are certain things that you realistically can't automate. Like, when a patient gets diagnosed with type 1 diabetes i have to have a very sensitive conversation with the family and i truly do feel for the families but i've also like had that conversation like 9000 times at this point so i can't automate that like i can't just be like oh here's a youtube with my diabetes speech like have fun because you have to actually like get close to the patient and and you know demonstrate true empathy which is real and you know answer their specific questions so some things are just too sensitive to automate but other things like you know a list of side effects for a, a fairly benign medication or uh, reference materials on um like the you know the treatment of i don't know auto, autoimmune thyroiditis like something that's a little bit less sensitive that you're you're handing out um it's amazing what you can do with prepared handouts or phrases that go into your electronic medical record even phrases that and and you know as i just totally land based it our electronic mess. Electronic medical records system. But one of the wonderful things about it is you can create something called a dot phrase, which means that, like, you can write one, it's a text expander, definitely essentially you write one word and it turns it into a paragraph of your choice. And so that can save a ton of time, whether it has to do with patient information or parts of your notes, um, etc., cetera. Um, or even, you know, things like, you know, patients are going to contact you with certain questions, sort of having the answers at the ready, or perhaps delegated to your assistants if you have them so that it doesn't even have to get to you if it's a straightforward question that's being answered more than one time.
1: I think in general, like anything you can do to automate stuff. I I talk about um, this idea of like time dividends in Off the Clock, one of my books. The idea is if you do anything multiple times in life, you know – you first ask yourself when you do something like, am I going to do this again? Um, Cause some stuff you're never going to do again, or it's going to be enough different each time. Like in your case, you know, you're, you're having the same conversation, but every family is different. Every yes. you know, patient is individual. Like that, that's not something that can, can be automated, but you know, if I am going to do this again, is there some aspect of it that I could make easier and more efficient so I can save myself time in the future? You know, this, for me, this is something as simple as I, a lot of people ask me for a headshot, for instance. So, you know, for, well, we put it on my website so you can download it there. But we also, I also have it named on my computer with like an underscore before the file name. So it is at the top uh, rather than, you know, be buried somewhere as Laura Vanderkam JPEG and have to hunt for it every time. So or the same thing with my time log. You know, that's another thing that people ask for a lot. So I can just email it very quickly. You know, I, one one thing that I've heard from people is just a great hack. If uh, we've got listeners who a lot of people ask you to, to, to pick your brain, <laughs> that, like horrible phrase. And, and often what it is, is that they're trying to get in your industry. They want some of, you know, information also want like contacts and want you to know them. And that's great because you want to be helpful for people, but you don't want to like have to answer the same question a hundred times as you're doing this. So create a list of like frequently asked questions about your industry, send it to the person who wants to pick your brain and invite them to send you any follow-up questions. Like a big chunk of people never will because they just don't. Like when it's when it's mildly more difficult, they won't. But then if they do send smart follow up questions, well, that's really somebody you actually kind of do want to meet and and possibly mentor. So so that can be a, a good time hack there.
2: I think that's awesome. It puts the onus on them. And then you're right. It's like going to select for the few that actually might be somebody you might want to collaborate yeah, with in the yeah, future. Like for this example. Person sounds
1: great. Like they asked awesome follow-up <laughs> questions, like totally want to want to meet with them. Yeah. Uh,
2: so one thing well, I that kind of goes with your other one about meetings.
1: Yeah. Oh my goodness.
2: <laughs> so Let's I, I recently read this.
1: Yeah. I read this book called the art of gathering by Priya Parker. Um, it's, it's a really good book um, and I would recommend it. Uh, you know, Meetings are one of those things like millions of white collar workers are tromping from meeting to meeting, like middle schoolers changing classes, like putting zero thought into it. It's just like, oh, here's my two o'clock, my three o'clock, my four o'clock. And she's, she's talking about gathering in general. So sometimes that means parties. Sometimes that means major conferences or events. But it could just be, you know, Monday and Monday morning meeting too. But she's arguing that you, you need certain things, like you need a purpose, which is that something is going to change in the world. As a result of this gathering, if your meeting cannot reach that bar, like, why are you having it?
2: And I, like the meetings that are just to like distribute information. It's just, it's yeah, like, no, we have tools was, like
1: you can send that send out, an send an email or just like walk <laughs> to the person's office and give it to them um, if you want to make sure they've received it. But like, yeah, the, the, the meeting where nothing changes is in the world should, should not happen. You know, even thinking about such things as who is in the room. Like it's not the popular table at lunch. Like you shouldn't bring everyone in who possibly could be, or just people who are are cool, you know, like the people who are in the room or on the phone need to be the people who are there to make something change in the world as a result of this gathering. If they are not, (laughs) then they shouldn't be on there. And, you know, thinking through what happens the whole time, um, thinking through what you want from people like that uh, there needs to be structured, you know, Inputs like because otherwise you could just get dominated by the the three people who talk loudest. Um, so making sure you've got everyone's opinion, but being able to say in a way that it's not just like everyone reflects the most important person in the room. You know, having an agenda for the whole time. Like if you if you got a meeting where there isn't an agenda, you should be very very wary of, of that meeting. <laughs> I mean, I just said that we we didn't talk through how we we're going to do this episode, um, but we have a general structure for most of these things. But you know, if if, if a meeting doesn't have set out what everyone in the room is supposed to be doing with every minute that they are there. Again, you're you're probably not going to be as effective as, as you should be. And and then think about the ending. It, the ending should not just be like, okay, we're done, walk out. Like, you know, you've decided on your conclusion. What's changed? Who's going to do something differently? Is that person aware of it? Like, how are we going to follow up that that happened? You know, all these things just... And if your meeting can't reach that bar, yeah, maybe don't have it.
2: Valuable. I agree. Meetings. <laughs> Probably could be cut in half the way they are in most industries, and done with meetings. No, I'm just kidding. You have to have a objective, and then you have yes, exactly some like reason, and then some sort of specific takeaway. I usually sit there with a pen and make check boxes, and you know, a good meeting, I have like two check boxes that nobody would have thought of before the meeting. So it's like, oh, we actually figured something out, and then we have a actionable next step if there are no checkboxes written it probably was not a good meeting or it was probably really just an information distribution meeting which again probably doesn't need to to be one in the first place no no it doesn't let's talk about breaks Ooh, yes you have a lot of
1: breaks right now although not not fun breaks
2: (laughs) No, but I I did write on here. I wrote, take productive breaks. Maybe I was um, inspired by your notes, but it's true. You cannot focus full on for like 12 hours straight. And anyone who claims they do is probably lying. I mean, my husband does do like very long surgeries sometimes, but I think that would be like the exception because you really like can't take a break. Even then, they probably take breaks. Like well, I mean, what if he has you have know, to go to the bathroom, right? Like, Oh, no, surgeons do not pee for like long periods of time. Trust pee. me. Okay, that's not even a you allowed. ever have him on the podcast, you can, you can ask him. About okay. That. <laughs> if you're a pregnant surgeon, that is especially difficult. And then that's why a lot of them deliver early because they like purposely fluid restrict themselves so they don't pee. It's terrible. Anyway, well, well, that I don't was know if there's information evidence I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's evidence to back that up, but I've certainly heard I, a lot I'm of Glad I did not go stories. into that line of work <laughs> because
1: I, I like to be able to go to the bathroom when I need to go.
2: I I am with you. Anyway, so I don't know how we went there. But what I was going to say is, you know, I've had to pump... Well, not had to pump. I've chosen to pump for all these months. And therefore, I have taken like 3 20 to 30 minute breaks every single day because I really have trouble doing productive things while pumping. We've discussed that before. It is not as simple as just throwing on a hands-free pumping bra and doing notes. but. I've survived which means that even once I'm done pumping I'm not planning on taking that much time but like nothing would happen if I left the office for a walk for 30 minutes or shut my went to a cop, to the Starbucks down the street and read for 30 minutes like nothing earth-shattering would happen I could still get my work done I can still have a productive day I can take a social break and you know have lunch with someone it's it, it, if if nothing else you just come back to work more productive and kind of have a have a more multi-dimensional work life when it's not completely just nose to the grindstone the entire day long.
1: Yeah. I got to say that when I see people's time logs, this is one of the biggest mistakes I see people making is, is thinking like, look at me, I'm all productive. I'm working through lunch, sitting at my desk. Like I'm going to get out of here early tonight. And then, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon, they're reading the same email six times in a row and like getting alert on Facebook. And they're like, Oh, now I'm over on Facebook. And like 45 minutes are gone because it's what happens Is that your brain needs a break and and if you don't give it a real break it it takes one of these fake ones where you fall down an internet rabbit hole for just all ungodly amounts of time and you would have been better off taking a real structured break in there like if you're going to lose 40 minutes to floundering around doing nothing like far better to go outside for 20 minutes and actually get some fresh air walk around um get your energy back because then you could come back in and get those 20 minutes extra to work. So, so really kind of proactively building in breaks to the day during times when you know your energy will flag, which, which is a good reason to track your time. Cause then you can start to see that. Um, like if you know that you have a lot of intense meetings in the morning and you always feel really fragged afterwards, well, that's a good sign you need a break. Or maybe you're, you have really focused, intense work, like, head down at the desk in the morning, you, you really need a lunch and you need to go talk to people and and get some of that social interaction. That's what you need for that. But, you know, figure out what it is for you that adds to your energy level, build it in during the day. And that's how you actually can get your work done and get up, you know, done on time, as opposed to, you know, just having the, the afternoon be a complete wash.
2: Also kind of on the subject of breaks, um, this doesn't really apply to you or any other entrepreneurial type person. But if you are somebody who works for a company use your PTO, use your paid time off. You don't have to use all of it, but you should use a lot of it. (laughs) In my opinion, I work with people who take no time off and people who take some, and it definitely seems like uh, there is a difference on the life satisfaction scale. And I mean, unless you honestly don't feel like you want to do anything other than work, like this is time that, that is it is yours and you should enjoy it so i guess i find so many people and i have a friend literally today that was talking about how incredibly burned out she was and she's working as a hourly employee but she's not And so she doesn't have to work full time, but she often does. And I'm like, well, do you take any time off? She's like, well, because I don't really have like official like time off. No, I basically take like no time off. And I'm like, well, there you go. Like (laughs) you're standing here like practically in tears, how burned out you are and you need time for yourself and your family. And you're actually, you've built yourself a flexible schedule and then taken zero advantage of it and and no time for yourself. So, I mean, we've talked about like looking at the calendar year and really designating like these are the days I'm going to use. Probably if you look right now in your paid time off account, you probably have some. I mean, I like, you know, 7 or 10 days often will just accumulate. And then think about how many days you're going to earn over the next year. And if you know you have that buffer, you can use the same number of days you'll earn and then you still have a buffer. So... I think it's very important to to, to look at this and to, to plan it because otherwise it, it won't automatically happen and you're entitled to it. And your company is probably happier if you take advantage of what it considers a benefit that's included to help you be a more balanced, happier employee.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like people are going to jump up and down and say, please take your paid time off. But I mean, this is one of those things where you do have to look out for the long-term perspective. And there's this great scene in um, Sheryl Sandberg's Lean In where she talks about, you know, she used to work for a consulting firm many years ago before Facebook and all that. And she talked about how the head of her office uh, had a conversation with her about it at one point and said, you know, people leave here because they're burned out, which is fine. You don't have to work here forever. But what got him was that every single person who left because they were burned out had untaken vacation time. And he said, well, you know, why don't they just take the vacation time and then maybe be less burned out? You know, if if, it's it's not like the company is going to, you know, you have this benefit and it's up to you to take it, right? The onus is on you um, because, you know, work will be happy to just keep taking Uh, like, like nobody's going to stop and really analyze this. Maybe they should, but they probably won't. Um, So, so it's up to you that if you do want to stay within this, you know, long-term and ideally that's what your company would like as well, because it's really a pain in the butt to hire people. Yeah. so I was going to say, even
2: if in the short term, the company benefits, I I have to imagine that employee turnover is going to suffer if there's burnout, And burnout is going to happen more often if you don't take any time. So really, it's in the company's best interest to have you use at least some of it. Some of it.
1: Yeah, exactly. You can also figure out different different ways to recharge. We talked about recharging during work travel. You have any good good tips on that?
2: Yeah. I mean, I treat my conferences as like part... Conference and immersion in the actual, you know, substance of what I'm learning, and then part break. <laughs> and I take no shame in that. I often schedule um, a mani pedi, sometimes a massage, in whatever city I'm in. I take time to go running outside where I am, and I enjoy reading books on the plane. So I I really treat it as as because I don't have that much time just to myself. So I'm, for example, I'm super excited for next year because I haven't gone on a trip in quite a long time. But it, if, if you're somebody like me who doesn't travel often you may be able to afford to use it as that that break that you that you need yeah
1: or at least thinking about how can i get a workout in um can i have some downtime like between my last meeting and dinner you know because you're not going to be a different person on the road than you are at home Um, so you're still going to need the same sorts of things uh that that you would um in in the rest of the time uh let's see what else did we have uh one thing i wanted to say is you know Build in time to practice your skills. Uh, so, in in my line of work, it's it's pretty clear like what something like this would be. Blogging, for instance, is practice writing. If I can crank out an essay really quick on my blog, chances are I can do it for something else too, or I can you know get ideas from doing this, or so just the the sheer practice of writing close to daily is what makes me get you know, better at at doing that. But I think in any line of work, there's some skill that you do repeatedly. And, you know, often we do it with repeatedly without thinking about it. Um, So if you just put a little bit of thought into how can I use this fact that I'm doing it repeatedly to do it better, like if I get feedback on it, or maybe record myself or, you know, do something like, you know, how could I make myself get better at this skill? Uh, is there? I mean, I guess with medicine, would, would there be anything? There? Yeah.
2: Well, I think that's one reason why institutions that have residents um, often really benefit from that because it forces us as attendings to, you know sometimes you kind of, you just get caught in your rut of doing something without thinking about why you're doing it or how can you do it better. But all of a sudden when you have an audience, you kind of do put a little bit more depth of thought into, Oh, am I showing them the right way? And have I looked into the latest amount of evidence about that? And, um, you know, they'll question you. So, um, you know, my, my version of that would, I guess, be to use your opportunities for teaching as your own learning time because it will make you better at what you do. That and taking advantage of your colleagues because I feel like I learn the most by, you know, when I have a tough case, I immediately go next door to the amazing people that I work with and I run the whole thing by them and you know, of course you're thinking of it in terms of like, oh, I have to check off what do I do for this patient, but you also have to think of it as like this is how I'm learning. I'm practicing and I'm growing so that next time, you know, I'll know the answer um or I'll know where to look. So, yeah, I guess that would be like my our version of that
1: well definitely asking your colleagues' stuff is is smart in general (laughs) we don't have to discover the world anew ourselves imagine that i just one other hack i guess we both had and then we can get to our question but um eating that frog are you are you a fan of eating the frog
2: yes totally i mean i'm a morning person so i if i have unstructured time i am better off just di- it's not oh let me clear the decks and do my charts and notes whatever no like if i have to like write a proposal or like put something together that requires a little bit more brain power like i am much better off doing it first are you the same way
1: i think in general i mean i think about what does first mean because it doesn't mean 6 a.m in the morning you know when i'm sometimes it does so, well oh, for, for me, me. it doesn't or, or 4 30 4 30 in the morning yeah no i mean i would but that time has a high chance of getting interrupted so i really just don't want to bank on it. That's true. Because then I just That's get true. frustrated. Um, but the kids are on the bus by 835 and I'm I'm done with kids stuff at that point. So I, I really think of like the 835 to 10 window as being where I would I should not be cleaning clearing the decks during that time. It's hard because yeah, you're like, oh well there's all these quick things I could knock off my to-do list for the day and then I can focus. But the worry is that you'll knock all that stuff off to clear the decks. And then you'll be like, oh, it's time for my morning break. And then it's, uh, you know, oh, now I've got a call at 1030. And no, oh, you know, and then you're not getting to the important stuff until, you know, the afternoon or when you're starting to get more tired.
2: No, that makes sense. I think I have less long, important projects than you. So if I have something, like I can throw a, I can throw a pretty good teaching PowerPoint together at 430
1: in the morning. <laughs> good for you.
2: So, so sometimes that is my... or do some podcast scripts, for example, my, my deep work this morning. This um, some, sometimes that is, sometimes it is valuable time. I guess it just depends on what your day and your week looks like. Exactly. That is not an everyday thing, by the way. No, so let's hope not. don't anybody judge me for that. <laughs> do you have any other work hacks for, I'm sure I do, but we've talked for a pretty long time. So maybe we'll have to do like a work hacks part two, where we get to anything we didn't get to and maybe get some, um, submissions from our wonderful listeners and readers. Yeah. So
1: if you have something you do that makes you much more effective and efficient at work, please let us know. You can always email me, lvandercam at yahoo.com or it's the shoebox blog, right? at, at Gmail. Shoeba- uh, you yeah.
2: My email is shoeboxblog shoebox. um, at gmail.com or just write to me on our Instagram, which I post our episode every week or my blog. Which we do look for questions
1: there because we, this week's Questions yes. came from an Instagram user. Yes, right?
2: this was an Instagram direct message. Which incidentally, I did just do, delete the Instagram app, and I'm gonna have to put it back on because I don't I know. know how to get direct you messages get without direct it. Messages for, okay. <laughs> do I can do everything else, so it's kind of frustrating. Anyway, so this was a question that someone asked uh, on Instagram. It was just, "How do you fit in time for fitness?" And I know we've kind of discussed that a little bit before, but um, I don't know if we have ever given like a list. And some of you may be headed into resolution season as this airs, so we figured, why not? mention it. Here's my list. Ready? Let's go. Do it in the morning (laughs) because otherwise it's never going to happen. Again, if you have a different kind of job and Laura will talk about her situation, that may be different. But honestly, for me, if it's not done by mm, 7.30 on a weekday, anyway, it's probably not going to happen. So if you're really committed, find that early hour that you can devote. Be okay with a little bit. So Laura has her one mile, or maybe it's, you know, 10 minutes of a strength training. So sometimes a little is better than nothing and a little definitely is better than nothing and i didn't always used to realize that but now i have yeah our
1: guest last week talked about the uh, 7 minute app right yes. that's, so that's I've what, heard good things you, about the 7 minute workout you can find 7 minutes i'm pretty sure you can find 7 minutes somewhere
2: it's true um using uh, if you run or walk you know if you have an early working early waking baby try out a running stroller it can be a good good strategy or send your partner out with the running stroller and then you can have time to do your workout as i did this morning that works too <laughs> Um, recall the benefits that exercise brings. So, you know, get to get to your why. For me, it's you whatever about, you know, long-term health benefits, meh. But like being much calmer and happier during the day, worth it. So, you know, you have to find out what your motivation is and think about that. If you're an obliger um, in the Gretchen Rubin tendencies, she will tell you a million times that you need to find some sort of outer accountability. That's not Laura or me, but if that is you to find out, you know, who you can meet up with, gamify it or train for something. um, And finally, find something that you actually enjoy doing because nobody's going to get up and like torture themselves. There's got to be something out there that's fun for you.
1: Humans do not do well with suffering long-term, right? Like, I mean, you'll stick with it for two weeks and then you'll be like, screw this. (laughs) You know, if you, if you hate running, you're, you could try it, but like, you're, you're not going to really probably wind up being a runner long-term, but, uh, you know, if there's something else you like, maybe it's a uh, group fitness classes or just walking with a friend, right. That seems more like fun rather than exercise. And that can be perfectly fine as well. Um, so, so yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be training for a marathon. I'd say my suggestions. I, so this would not work for everyone, but I have actually found that, um, doing the streak is, is a great way to find time for a little bit of fitness every day, because then it's not the question of, am I going to run? It's when am I going to run? Um, and, and so then I've taken the sort of motivation question out of it. Uh, and then it's just looking at the schedule and say, well, where does it fit? Um, I know I need.
2: And, I'll be so uh, excited if somebody yeah. starts like a twenty nineteen streak based on this episode. Oh, that' do it., well, someone do it.
1: Sure, you could totally do it. And it doesn't <laughs> have to be running like so you know so other people might be you know prone to injury, the seven minute running app, running every day might not work for them. but the seven minute app, you could probably do that or you could say that, you know, every day this year, I'm gonna do ten minutes of something, right? So whether that's walking briskly or ten minutes of, you know push-ups and sit-ups and crunch, you know, planks or whatever, that 10 minutes of something could, could certainly be, be done for an entire year without, without too much of, a, of an issue. I, th- I think often it's not so much finding time, it's just designating a time that we need some cue in our lives that, oh yeah, now is the time when I exercise rather than trying to figure it out anew all the time. So, you know, if it is first thing in the morning, that's a really good cue. Um, but, but maybe it's also, it's your, your lunch break at work, or maybe it's that, you know, you build it into your life. Like you get off at a different train stop. And so you have to walk briskly for 15 minutes to your office and there you go. Now you've built in 15 minutes of brisk walking into your day that you didn't have before. So yeah, don't, don't, it doesn't have to be big. Um, figure out if there's some way you could sort of build it into your life uh, daily and, you know, if that doesn't work, don't think daily. Just say, like, you know, where are four times this week? I could I could fit it in.
2: Love it. And speaking of loves, we will get to our love of the week. I will let you end this special birthday episode, but I will tell you that my love of the week is birthday massages. This is a tradition that Josh and I have. I don't know, developed over the years. And typically, on both of our birthdays, I know this is super indulgent, but whatever, it is what it is. We take the day off and we both get massages together and it's like a lovely date. And then we go to lunch after. And so we have childcare if it's on a weekday anyway. If it's not on a weekday, we'll actually move it so that we do it during a weekday. So, actually, because my husband will have his own, I guess it's not really a milestone birthday double number birthday <laughs> 44 you oh. uh, will have his birthday um just a few days after yours but that's on the weekend so on your birthday he and i are, are getting birthday massages Ooh, for him nice. so there you go i'll think you of you think two. of
1: me yes while you guys are yes massage, i may not be getting massages so that'll have <laughs> to be figured out okay, well, we'll figure it out we'll figure it out <laughs> Yeah, I try to schedule some fun stuff around my birthday. Uh, you know, even thinking of it as a birthday week, like, do I have a bunch of fun stuff during that week? Um, it doesn't always work so well, and, and sometimes the day itself is is kind of uh, not what I would would hope. But last year was really rough. Right? I mean, my my husband got in a car accident. He was fine. Um, it was a minor fender bender, but there was there was that, and then um, my. Then two-year-old uh, pulled his dresser over on himself. Uh, also, fortunately not injured, but that was, whoa, a, a, a not fun moment, um, which everything has been secured to the wall now, just in case anyone's wondering. And I wound up, I was flying to, I went to Chicago because I had a speech the next day in Chicago and I was in a, um, but not like downtown Chicago, I was in Deerfield, Illinois. <laughs> and I so I had my birthday dinner by myself in a hotel restaurant in Deerfield, Illinois. Which is, you know, maybe not the uh the the peak of what one might hope for your birthday uh experience.
2: Yeah, the by yourself part is the sad part. I think that you could probably have a fantastic time in Deerfield, sure Illinois. But I know they're wonderful places in Deerfield, friend, Illinois, or a husband or yeah, someone. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> but uh, yes, the the hotel restaurant by yourself. Uh, it reminds me. My husband told the story once years ago to me that he uh. I sort of lost track of what day it was, or whatever. went out one night by himself just to get food. And you notes know, around that everyone has candlelight and flowers, and or it was Valentine's Day. He was eating by himself <laughs>
2: in a fancy restaurant. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, <So, laughs> it did, probably didn't even register with him. He's like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah." <laughs> anyway, I,
1: I so I'm not sure what I'm doing yet, but we'll we'll know when, the, when this comes out, and uh, I'll I'll post on my blog, and you know, hopefully, I've got great plans for the week. Uh, but uh, whatever, it's 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 good to have birthdays because it's definitely better than the alternative. So, you know, embrace and love life and happy with stuff now. So, yeah. Well, this has been best of both worlds. Um, we've been talking mostly work hacks with a little side detour into my birthday. Uh, but we'll be back next week with more on making work and life fit together.
2: Thanks for listening. You can find me, Sarah, at theshoebox.com. Or at the underscore shoebox on Instagram.
1: And you can find me, Laura, at lauravanderkam.com. This has been the Best of Both Worlds podcast. Please join us next time for more on making work and life work together.
0: For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expert crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot slash iHeart.
2: You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new?